Blog Talk Radio. Long time ago, how 
Never fly off to Neverland I'll never travel in time All I can do is the best I can And go there in my mind So I close my eyes Imagine I'm there Hide and seek musical chair Hot summer night And the cool winter snow From once upon a long time ago As I look back on roads I've crossed Traveling down memory lane But without all of those that I've loved and lost Life is not the same For all the good times I can recall to all I've loved. God bless you all. The happiest moment that I'll ever know were once upon a long time ago. family. Great to have you with us this Monday. And the reason we play that song, Once Upon a Long Time Ago, written and sung by Jesse Goldberg, is because it reminds us so much of the company that most of us listening to this show worked for. And uh, I've changed the lyrics a little bit, and every once in a while I like to go back and read uh, with Eastern in mind that same song, the lyrics changed. Once there was a great silver fleet, mail planes, silver planes, and airliner seats, a house full of love, a great place to grow old, once upon a long time ago. If only I could go back again to Eastern Airlines and all of my friends, I would feel safe with the friends I know from once upon a long time ago. I'll never fly off to Neverland. I'll never travel in time. All I can do is the best I can and go there in my mind. So I close my eyes, imagine I'm there, Eastern Airlines and people who care. Hot summer nights and the cold winter snow from once upon a long time ago. I smile as I look back all the roads I crossed traveling down memory lane, but without all those that I've loved and lost, life is not the same. 
for all the Eastern good times I can recall to all I've loved, God bless you all. The happiest moment that I'll ever know was Eastern Airlines once upon a long time ago. So I, I sure wish I could get to Jesse Goldberg to sing our version of the great song that he recorded. Now, before I introduce our host and guest today's show, I'd like to thank our new listeners, not new necessarily, but those that were listening to us last week, the last time we were on the air. And the new listeners were Saudi Arabia, Kenya, Tanzania, or Tanzania, however you pronounce it, Austria, Romania, Switzerland, Denmark, Norway, Russia, Indonesia, Brazil, Argentina, Peru, Dominican Republic, Mexico, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and the Netherlands. So that's quite a number of countries around the world that tune the Eastern Airlines Radio Hour in once a week. As I've mentioned before, probably one person that uh, find our broadcast interesting. Uh, perhaps they want to use our broadcast for improving their English or whatever it is. We welcome those countries that uh, have tuned us in, and most of them do tune us in every week. Uh, very few of them that I see that we haven't already uh, had a listener or two from those countries. Now, let's introduce our host that are on the air today. I'm going to start off with area code 305, which I believe is Mark Porter. Mark, how are you doing? I am great. And you? I'm doing good. Weather down good. there, what, 80, 82 degrees? No, it's a bit nippy down here, too. So put okay. on a light sweater. All right. Okay. Now we'll go to uh, to Georgia two times. And uh, Al Jenkins. Al, how you doing? I'm doing fine. How's the weather? Is it fine there, too, or is it cold? Uh, a little nippy. It's in the 50s. Oh, wow. That is nippy. Oh, uh, freezing. Will you confirm that, Jim Holder? I sure do. It's uh, beautiful, clear, and mid-50s, and uh, just a wonderful day here in Atlanta, Georgia. Are uh, you at the hunt camp, or are you uh, at home? I'm in neither. I was at a restaurant. I think I sent you a message, told you I was going to be late calling in. And um, it just turned out my wife was looking at paint. She's painting her old home uh, homestead. Okay. So I was right looking. next door. Was she so looking she, at uh, it dry, or was it still in the can? No, she's just picking out the paint with the painter. She was there. Okay. All right. Very good. So she came over, and I gave her a $20 bill and said, I'm leaving. I got to go get on the radio show. So she's still probably eating, <laughs> and I hope the $20 covers the bill. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> it goes up daily, yeah. Jim Holder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, well I'll uh, be at my house. In a few minutes, I'll be at my house, and I'll be off, and I'll be back on again after I okay. get in the house. Tune us in and think of a story while you're traveling, all right? I don't have any stories. 
Oh, no, 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 not me. <laughs> All right, Eddie. I'll talk to you in a bit. Okay. Well, while Jim is traveling and uh, and uh, Mark, before Mark tells us about the New Eastern and Al, I don't know what Al's going to tell us, but uh, at any rate, I want to I want to <clears throat> read something here, a real short article that I saw on Yahoo, and and my title to this would be, what what is it going to take? What is it going to take? And this was out of Alice uh, Dallas. Uh, from the Associated Press. A woman has been arrested after punching a Southwest Airlines employee in the head during boarding for a flight out of a Dallas airport, police said. Mm -hmm. Ariel Jean Jackson, 32, was arrested Saturday afternoon, it was the day before yesterday, at Love Field, Dallas police said. Police said Jackson has been charged with aggravated assault. Now, the incident mm-hmm. happened during the boarding process for a flight from Dallas to New York's LaGuardia Airport, Southwest Airlines spokesman said. Police said that Jackson first had a verbal altercation with an operations agent at the back of the plane and was asked to exit. As Jackson was exiting, she had another verbal altercation with a second operations agent that turned physical with Jackson striking the agent on the head with a closed fist police said Mm -hmm. the operations agent the woman was taken to a hospital and released Saturday night Jackson was in Dallas County Jail on Sunday on $10,000 bond and the jail records did not list an attorney for her. Mm-hmm. And it showed a picture of her also on the Yahoo article, and perhaps you guys read it, you, Al, and Mark. But what, well, what's friend, it going to take? A, I know. It's, it's actually crazy. A friend of mine on Facebook, she contacted and let me know and everyone else what had happened to her friend for Southwest. And I was just livid. I just wrote back. I said, you know, we got to start jailing these people. I mean, fast. Instead of giving them a little penalty, you know, if they strike anyone, even a passenger, another passenger, you just, you know, take them off the plane and, and put them in the jail. Give them some cool time. Absolutely. I mean, this is absolutely my, – my, my first wife was a flight attendant. This is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I don't know what I would have done if, you know, Lorraine had come home and someone said, and she had said that someone hit her. I think, okay, where's that guy? I, I, yeah. I just I don't get it. Well, a $10,000 bond would be about uh, what uh, 10% of that would be what she'd have to put down like for a million, $10,000 bond. Like a, it's hardly, hardly yeah. anything. She's probably out on the street right now. But, you um, know, they've got to toughen it down, and we've talked about it on several of our shows. And and I, I like what Brenda Chabot uh, recommended, you know, uh, an announcement at the lobby boarding area before getting on the airplane. The agents read a, uh, a little Miranda rights, you might call them, or whatever, and that is that if you interfere in any way of a flight on the ground or in the air, there would be uh, charges of a felony and, uh, and a very yeah. stiff penalty, and also to reimburse the airlines for the cost that it has to, 
had to pay for the interruption of the flight. And um, and it's got to be tough. It's got to be tough because one of these days, one of these flight attendants is going to, you know, be more than hurt. And, um, well, and we yeah, certainly hope not. I mean, but, it was. Uh, a, I don't know if it was a Southwest flight. I think it was, matter of fact, that this yeah. guy or lady punched the girl and broke two teeth, front teeth. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, that's I right. Mean, it was Southwest when Airlines. Has, when has America turned so angry? I mean, the anger is out of control <laughs> in the United States. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, Al, your your daughter is. Uh, it doesn't. She, isn't she a flight attendant? Yes, she is. Yeah. Has you know she come back and told you a few stories or what? Uh, no, not yet. <laughs> She's been not lucky. yet. Hopefully not. Yeah. Doesn't want to worry yeah. dad. Yeah, you got that right. But you know what yeah. they need to do? Yes, sir. Is all the like they do uh, convicts put them on a no flight list throughout the investigation system. That is a hundred percent correct. Yep. Absolutely. That's what they. Period. They Absolutely. can't get on an airline, but not right. on not on one airline. On all the airlines, all, all airlines. airlines, all yeah. airlines. It pops up your name going it all of it. Boom, there it is for them. Well, I'm sorry, you can't fly with us. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I'm not. You know, I'd even go. I'd even go a step <laughs> further and make it on all public transportation. You know, on trains, on buses, yeah. on. You know, I mean, really come down hard on them. Like, you know, instead of letting them off easy, okay, you don't go on U.S. Uh, airplanes, but you can go on our, our, what, passenger liners. You know, this is the same silent person, right? You can go on our trains. You can go on, you know, our uh, buses. No, lock them off everything. Yeah. I wonder if the cruise ships have these problems with uh, with uh, those that interrupt a cruise I guess from now on. No, they throw them overboard to the sharks. (laughs) Too far to swim. (laughs) Oh, here we go, overboard. Uh, My shark got you too bad. Uh, I see Jim Holder is still with us. He's he's got his phone, and I hear the background. Are you still there, Jim? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I'm in the house now. Oh, you are? Okay. Yeah, your voice is loud and clear. Don't have any background noise. Very good. Well, anyhow, what's your thoughts about the flight attendants and those are being uh, assaulted during flight? During flight, uh, I think maybe they can deputize the crew and handcuff them, put them to pull tapes on them, strap them to the seat, mm-hmm. and then when they land, have them escorted out straight to jail. But then again, yeah, I think something down, like that. Follow up on charges. But then they will be protesting the attorneys. Uh, suppose something happens in flight as an air, airline or crash or something like that, and somebody is handcuffed and and uh, and tied to a chair or whatever. You know, they've already well, talked about that. Be a, be a bad day for talk, them, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But there yeah, is there is would. talk about ha- having the flight attendants or some of the flight attendants, you know, take uh, karate classes and stuff like this. Because you can um, control a person very if you've taken jujitsu or karate or something like this with just simple maneuvers. You know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were have, we did have marshals. Remember what happened to the marshals? Just yeah, whatever happened to the mar- marshals? Yeah, yeah, they thought it disappeared. 
Yeah, because yeah, we used to have those on well, a plate. Well, I don't know. I, I think with Al, all the didn't you tell, Al, didn't you tell me that there is still a Marshall program? Yes, it is. My grandson's on it. He's he's, he's, in uh, he's in training, so the Marshall program is still there. Yeah, yeah, out there in Kansas City. In fact, he huh. uh, finished up in January. Well, maybe they just don't want us to know there's a marshal on the airplane. Okay, don't say I told you so. <laughs> <laughs> well, the odds are that odds are overwhelmingly there will not be a marshal on the airplane. Overwhelmingly. Yeah, yeah you're probably right. Uh, yeah. yeah. But all this other stuff going on. Well, I think if you make the, the penalty severe enough that uh, it will, it will, uh, it will discontinue. But the whole uh, thing is, they, they, Neil, they, they should Americans. Where are manners? Where's dignity? Where's uh, respect? I mean, the you know my parents. Um, I'm sure I'm older than the people that are doing this. So, uh, but we couldn't have missed a whole generation where people didn't get manners. Um, to respect people and, you know, never hit women and watch out for the children. And, I mean, didn't you get all these? I did. Well, Mark, that's Mm -hmm. this year. I mean, that's this generation you were just describing. Okay. Well, you you look on the TV on the streets and how riding and throwing trash cans and burning this and burning that and attacking the police and, and shooting people and everything. That's just everybody is just saying, what the hell is going wrong here? Why are all these people doing all these things? And and it, it carries mm-hmm. over onto the airplane. Yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. probably a lot of other places we know, don't know, realize yet how it's carried over to us. It's just the, what's happened to this country. I know. It's really weird. It is. It's in it our really schools. Is, yeah. Yeah. That's frightening. Yeah. You know, I got two little kids. So, it's, you know, it's like... Yeah. Wow, you don't, you worry about their lives. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, uh, what can what can you say? Uh, that's why I, I said that the article. What's it going to take? I don't know what it's going to take, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know who's putting the word or whether the the flight attendants or the uh, Alpha Airline Pilots Association. Uh, you take the magazine, don't you, Jim? Do you still get the uh, Alpha magazine, the airline pilot? Yes, I do, and mainly uh, uh, for the shows, the deceased pilots, uh, Eastern pilots are in there, and I make sure they go in there, and I read that when that comes, just about that. But to be honest with you, I don't read much of the rest of the magazine. Well, do you ever see any articles in there about what's going on in the cabin of our airliners today? I have not seen one. There might have yeah. been one, but I didn't really look close for them, to tell you the truth. Yeah. yeah. But I think this is a time that I would want to be a, you know, a foreign carrier, like, you know, Eastern basically is. They're sort of, Eastern is sort of the rebranded Pan Am, you know, because there are no problems on their aircraft. They're bringing the foreigners here and taking the foreigners back along with like 10% of U.S. citizens that want to go as tourists. Well, that's a good reason. There's no problems. The percentages of Americans Mm -hmm. are smaller. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I can remember years and years ago, my dad would tell me that there were a lot of um, 
hijackings. I almost said kidnappings, hijackings on the Eastern Plains. And so he was traveling with this top executive for ESO, Exxon. And the Exxon executive got to the top of the plane and he looked at the flight attendant and he says, well, where are we going today, Cuba? And that was it. <laughs> they had yeah. him off that plane yeah. in five seconds flat. And he said, man, right. joking. Man, they joking aside. They had him put aside in handcuffs, everything. <laughs> and if you had a flight. friend named, and Mark, if you had a friend named Jack, you would not say when you saw him on the airplane, hey, hi, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Yeah, we got a we got a restaurant at uh, one of our nearby private airports down here at Palm Coast, uh, just south of St. Augustine, and they have a restaurant mm-hmm. called the Hijacker Lounge. <laughs> great place to eat. <laughs> great place, but it's a pretty interesting name, Hijacker Lounge. Well, mm-hmm. I've got a little bit of incredible history you guys might want to comment on, and it's short, very short, but. I don't know if you have seen this. You've heard probably some of these that uh, I'm about to read to you that uh, I find fascinating. And as a matter of fact, it's out of the latest issue of Happy Landings, which is the newsletter of the Florida Aviation uh, Historical Society. And it comes out uh, every two months. And I thought this was a very interesting article, Credible History. And let me put my glasses on so I can read because it looks like it's in six-point font. <laughs> and it starts out, Abraham Lincoln was elected to Congress in 1846. John F. Kennedy was elected to Congress in 1946. Lincoln was elected president in 1860. Kennedy in 1960. Both presidents were shot on a Friday, both shot in the head. Lincoln's secretary was named Kennedy. Kennedy's secretary was named Lincoln. Both were assassinated by Southerners. Both successors were named Johnson, Lyndon, and Andrew. John Wilkes Booth, who shot Lincoln, was born in 1839. Lee Harvey Oswell, who shot Kennedy, was born in 1939. Both names are composed of 15 letters. Lincoln was shot at the theater named Ford. Kennedy was shot in a Lincoln made by Ford. Booth ran from the theater and was caught in a warehouse. Oswald Oswald ran from a warehouse and was caught in a theater. Both, Peggy's laughing over here, both Booth and Oswald were assassinated before their trials. A week before Lincoln was shot, he visited Monroe, Maryland. A week before Kennedy was shot, he visited Monroe, Maryland. Marilyn Monroe. Mm -hmm. Can you believe that? That's incredible. That is something, yeah. Now, you would actually think from hearing that that this was definitely staged or planned, you know, not back in the day Mm -hmm. of Lincoln, of course, but for Kennedy. It was incredible. 
but it, it was a coincidence, of course, that uh, you know certain things did happen that were beyond, I think, a planner's control, like the way uh, the way that the the assassin was shot, and um, just absolutely amazing. By the way, do you guys remember where you were when Kennedy was shot? Yep. Yeah, oh, I sure do. Mm-hmm. I was nine years old, and I was in my mom's bedroom in Trinidad and Tobago. Mm-hmm. And Jim, well, where were you? I was a brand new higher Eastern pilot. I was just got to Chicago and was upstairs in an apartment that uh, another Eastern pilot uh, had found, and the guy lived there with his girlfriend, and it was hot beds upstairs. And he had two bedrooms upstairs, and I was there laying on the bed reading, and uh, I had brought a television in the back of my car, and that's why they let me come stay there, because they didn't have a television, so they were happy to see that. And the guy was down, one of the guys, not an Eastern guy, was down there watching television, and he knew up, I was upstairs in one of the beds reading, and he hollered, hey, they say the president's been been shot, or been shots fired at the president, I think, at the time. Is what he hollered, and I went running down, and there was Walter Cronkite on, on the news. Yes, sir. that was exactly well, where I was. Al, I'll ask you, and then I'll tell you where I was. Al, where were you? Do you remember? Yeah, I was at home with my parents. Okay. Yep. Well, Black and white I TV. too. <laughs> yeah, I too was on a trip like Jim. Uh, I was uh, in Miami, Florida at a layover. And I forgot what motel we were in. It was uh, the airways or the crossways or wherever. But uh, I remember it was on a on that day that uh, I turned the television on because I didn't have a departure until later that afternoon. And Walter Cronkite Walter Cronkite was 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 on television making the announcement, and he was having a hard time reading what yeah, I guess uh, he he was given. I don't know, but uh, I think he did a little crying, too, uh, during the broadcast. Took his glasses off and wiped yeah. his tears in the eyes. I remember yeah. it. Mm. But during that time, also, I think it was the same day that he was shot, my very good friend who was in my higher class, well, actually, the higher class one week before me, Tom Ender, and... Jim, you probably remember Tom Ender. I knew him vaguely, yes. Yeah, but Tom was on a trip, and he was down in San Antonio, Texas, and they were at a bar. And they were sitting there. He and the captain were sitting there. And there was, during this thing, I guess they were watching, uh, you know, what was going on on television. And Tom had just simply made a statement about something about, I don't know whether he didn't like, Kennedy or whatever, but it was said loud enough that one of the people in the bar heard it, called the police, and reported that this was possibly, you know, the person that assassinated Kennedy because it was in Texas, even though it was in San Antonio. But they Mm -hmm. were arrested. They arrested Tom. They put him in jail. He was there for several days. And uh, then, of course, Eastern Airlines fired him. Uh, because of that, no. and 
and it took uh, the union, uh, the Airline Pilots Association, and a lot of people to put in a good word for Tom before Tom got his job back. I never heard that story. Yep, I remember it because Tom and I checked out on the Electra at the same time. He and I were uh, two of them that uh, the instructor told us that we ought not be working for Eastern Airlines because we were so dumb. And, and, and every time, every time after that, uh, Tom always was based in Miami, and of course I was in uh, Washington and Atlanta. And every time we'd cross paths, I say, "Hey, dummy," and he'd say the same thing to me, "Hey, dummy, why are you still with Eastern?" <laughs> Didn't he die I'll, recently? I'll I, I remember the guy that was said that to Tony Langer. Do you remember Tony Langer? He was an instructor. The name on sounds the familiar. Yeah, Tony Langer. <laughs> he, he, well, he asked us where the oxygen mask was for the engineer, and we didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> How did we ever get hired? <laughs> oh, yeah, golly. Yeah. Well, at any rate, uh, I got a song I got to play. So I'm going to play it right now. Good time to play this. But um, I didn't play it last week, so I'm going to play it this week. Here it is. Don't have to worry, oh baby, that ain't 
just uh, thinking of uh, this uh, aviation, Florida Aviation Historical Society's newsletter. If you guys uh, uh, want some interesting reading, you should uh, join the Florida Aviation Historical Society's um, membership. It's $20 for individuals. But it's just full of information. Uh, matter of fact, the very front page on this last issue I just got last week, it talks about Florida's pilot of the world's first airline. Anyone know the pilot of the world's first airline? I don't know about that, no. See, everybody in Florida knows who it is. <laughs> because the Historical Society has really promoted the first airliner flight, commercial airliner flight in the world, was right here in Florida across Tampa Bay. And it was Florida's pilot of the world's first airline, Tony Janus. J-A-N-N-S. heard of him, yeah. Tony Janus. Janus may have been the first American killed in Russia in World War I. But later, 13,000 U.S. troops landed in northern Russia and Siberia. And just two little paragraphs. Tony Janus was a pilot of the world's first scheduled airline, the St. Petersburg-Tampa airboat line in early 1914. He later became a test pilot for Curtis seaplanes sold to the Russian government in Russia during World War I. The Curtis seaplanes were shipped from Buffalo, New York factory via Seattle and from there across the Pacific by ship and then by rail from uh, Vladivostok on the Trans-Siberian Railroad. And Tony hmm. was killed in a seaplane crash in the hmm. Russian Black Sea on October 25th, 1916, while instructing Russian students. His body was never found. Very interesting mm. article. It's about a page and a half article in this, and um, it's a it's a great uh, a newsletter, and it's worth the membership fees. And I've been a member of it, a lifetime member now, and um, was on the board of directors for a little while. But but uh, Dr. Warren Brown is the editor of this, and he's been doing it for years and years. And I think he's in his 90s, about 95 or so. But uh, and he occasionally listens to the show, and we've had him on the show before in the past. But there's jokes in here. There's just everything about aviation. And I've been tempted to do a radio show and do nothing but articles from these from these uh, newsletters. So. Mm. Now, let's turn to Mark and find out what's going on on version 3.0. Mark, what you got to say? Okay, I got a sort of a bunch. Um, well, uh, Eastern Airlines at John F. Kennedy Airport has moved from Terminal 4 to Terminal 1. And I didn't quite understand this at first, but they're, they've moved in there with Lufthansa, Air France, Korean Air, and JAL. But it's really JAL that, that interests me because they bought a lot of aircraft from the Japanese airline. And 
their focus has always been on Asia. And now that they have the 35 cargo planes, my guess is that they're going to be refocusing on, on Asia. So I think that's something to keep an eye on. Um, just uh, and, and, of course, Terminal 1 is one of your ultra-modern terminals that you can get on a train and you're within seconds, you're in downtown you know, Manhattan. And so, or you want to go from Terminal 1 to Terminal 3. So there's quick uh, shuttle service as well all from mm. Terminal 1. So that, that's a good move for Eastern. They don't have many flights. I mean, currently, out, out of John F. Kennedy, uh, there's Guayaquil, Ecuador, five days a week. That's it. In 2022, Brazil comes into focus where they're going to fly to Belo Horizonte, which is a very good city to fly to. Um, but that's still only two destinations out of John F. Kennedy. So it's, uh, unless they add more. And my guess is you move to another terminal, you're not going to have just two destinations and a large fleet. Um, out of Miami, they, they do fly to Asuncion, Paraguay, Montevideo, Uruguay, and Belo Horizonte in 2022, just like John F. Kennedy. So they're not getting, even though they're increasing their, their, their cargo capacity, they're not getting rid of their commercial, which is a good sign. Uh, I wrote Eastern on that, and they responded to me that that was a complete, uh, you know, myth and lie, that they were not stopping their commercial side. So I did hear from them on that, which is good. Um, there are rumors and rumbles that uh, have been going on for a while, but now they're stronger, that Eastern will be flying to Argentina. I assume it's Buenos Aires. It could be Córdoba. Córdoba is where American Airlines pulled out of. And that's Argentina's second largest city. And two flights a week into Córdoba would be just about perfect um, into Miami. Um, Bolivia, they've always wanted to go into La Paz. But you can't really go into La Paz unless you have your 767s retooled for more powerful engines because it's very high altitude. Um, but you can go into, uh, uh, I think it's, Santa Cruz or Santa Clara, something like that. Um, but the competition there is the Bolivian Airlines. No American Airlines, but you're going head-to-head, and they could charge $100 round trip and take a loss until they blow Eastern out of the market. So I think Eastern is looking carefully at that. And I do know that Eastern filed last year for a plan to go into Panama. Now, Panama is brilliant, but not if you go into PTY, Panama City. If you go into the secondary airport in Panama City, Albrook Air Force Base, it is perfect. Now, that's only a 5,995-foot runway, which is a little short for the 767. But there are 750 feet of um, just on either end, which brings it to a 7,495-foot runway at sea level, which is plenty long enough for a 767 to take off. Well, Mark, I don't think the FAA or the criteria uh, <laughs> includes that as far as certifying, you know, the length of runway required. What you yeah, just said, least, just uh, displace thresholds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've checked with the, the pilots, and they seem to think that it's fine. 
But of course, oh. you know, as a pilot, you're probably more of one of these cowboys, aren't you? More you know? of what? Like a cowboy. More. Yeah, you know, cowboy. I would say. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, wear I I two six shooters, just like yeah. Roy Rogers. <laughs> I mean, the pilots always say, "Yeah, we can do it." I go, "Okay, yeah. that's the type of pilot you want." And uh, I checked with the British Airways pilots, and they said, "Oh yeah, that's no problem. That runway, it kind of." I didn't understand it. He said the aircraft seven six seven kind of floats down the runway if properly managed. Well, Jim, you you remember landing in St. Thomas? What was the before uh, extension length? Do you remember right offhand? It was uh, somewhere in vicinity of uh, four thousand feet, a little bit less. I guarantee you, it didn't look that damn long to me. It looked like like an aircraft carrier (laughs) out there, you know? It looked like a postage stamp with a big hill on the right end at the end. Yeah, yeah. And you were landing in the what, 727? Well, 727-57 was a wonderful airplane to go in there with. Oh, yeah, it could do anything anywhere. halfway down the runway, yeah. Yeah. But those Rolls-Royce engines, they have a lot of power. Yeah. I'd never been there, so I had to have a check captain ride with me. They displaced the co-pilot in Miami, and the uh, check captain came out and rode over to St. Thomas with me and back. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, I don't think he was excited about it either. Well, but, uh, we <laughs> got it out and got it out of there okay. That was always first on my bid, bidding was always the Caribbean and St. Thomas of Galley. I don't know how many takeoff and landings and delays I've taken out of St. Thomas. I even had a famous movie star, I can't think of his name right now, that was on my flight, and we were detained because of weather at St. Thomas. And and I wasn't going anyhow because of the weather. And, boy, he was fussing up a storm uh, in the restaurant. I was there in the restaurant with him. And he was mm-hmm. complaining he had to be so-and-so. He's going to miss his flight connection out of Miami and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But it was a short mm-hmm. runway. But I felt really comfortable going in there. Even with it was a little bit over four thousand foot runway, going in there mm-hmm. with that seven five seven because you could put it on max braking, oh, automatic yeah. braking, and that yeah. sucker yeah. would uh, lean you yeah. forward real fast. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit different. Yeah, I love that Twenty seven. Yeah, yeah, a little bit different. You're right. Take off and landings. Yeah. Yeah, it. And, I don't know, but go ahead, Mark. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go no, ahead. No, no, that's okay. Job. That's okay. Uh, so Eastern's current fleet is ten seven six sevens, and they have uh, two seven six sevens that are parked. So that's going to bring it to twelve. Then, uh, but they can't bring it out yet until the uh, Department of Transportation grants the extension to eighteen aircraft, two seven seven sevens in their fleet, and two parked. So they'll be adding four more aircraft as soon as they as soon as they blink and get the extension to 18, they'll already be at uh, 14, which is, is rather you know I think that's that's good. Um, I've ridden Eastern on uh, on interline agreements and coach co-chair um, because it, it amazes me that they're not taking advantage of. If you want to fly point to point, you really need some interline agreements with some other carriers. And out of Panama, out of David or Albrook, whatever, Air Panama flies to 22 destinations. They fly the Fokker 50, 
It's a great uh, little uh, airline that's been around forever. And out of Paraguay, out of Asunción, Paraguay, there's an airline called Paranair. And they fly to uh, Argentina, within Bolivia, uh, Paraguay, and Uruguay, and a few stops in Brazil. That would be a great uh, code share uh, airline. And then a good friend of mine owns a good part of an airline called Fly Bondi, which fly uh, 737, 737-800 within uh, Argentina and Brazil and, and uh, Uruguay. So I'm trying to hook his airline up, which needs help anyway, load factor-wise. But I think if they did some flying like there, like that and Star, Star Peru out of Lima, their their load factors and their destinations they would also automatically offer like another 40 destinations um out of miami and new york and their planes instead of being 50 percent full which they are now carrying uh instead of uh, 244 122 passengers they'd be carrying 244 passengers and probably may having to make um you know flight every day yeah, you're still Hello? here. Yeah, yeah I'm oh. just fascinated by what you're talking about. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was it was so silent. I was like, oh, yeah. okay, my phone again, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but you know, it just uh, it it makes perfect makes perfect sense. And if you want to go to a secondary airport in Panama, and not the short runway and everything like this, you can fly into David. David is beautiful up in the mountains, sort of like Costa Rica, and it has an 8,995 foot runway. And uh, it was a U.S. air base up there, but a big one. And it's absolutely gorgeous. And you have Air Panama that flies in there and will pick you up and fly into Panama City or into Costa Rica or other destinations. And that's something I think Eastern just can't. Uh, these, these have no uh, interline agreements or, or, or co-chair agreements, as people will know, with any other airline. Hmm. So why not go in and – and try and make that, you know, like a uh, Eastern code. What was it? Uh, what was the flight pass that you had? Eastern uh, flight, you know, it was like a interline agreement with different carriers, but I forget what Eastern called it. But, yeah, um, it was a code share. Yeah, I can't remember either. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, well, these airlines are struggling for passengers. Eastern's struggling for passengers. And you know you have your big guys locking up all the the little guys, and they're full of passengers. And even if you have to lose some money, it's better to lose some money than have a seat empty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know we've got listeners in Brazil and Argentina and Peru, and so you folks listening in those countries. Uh, stand by. You might see the eastern airplane in the sky. And, no, it's uh, coming hope, to Brazil. Yeah, Argentina and Peru are also listeners. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I hope it goes to I hope it goes to Cordoba. That's what I recommended because all the all the uh, competitions in in Buenos Aires. But you know, you, Cordoba you, is a big city. Mark, you don't hear about any airline. At least I don't. But you might. What about what about uh, flying into other countries like Indonesia and some of these Asian uh, countries? Um, mm-hmm. 
does, does Delta and America and United still cover pretty much most of those destinations? Well, yeah. Like Kuala um, Lumpur, that's a that's a trap. I've been uh-huh. there. That's a great airport. But it's it's um, remember Dynamic Airlines. They failed when they flew to um, to Asia, but they didn't have the right aircraft. Yeah. Now they have the seven seven seven. Now, that's the proper aircraft, and I think it's probably uh, Steve Harsh that orchestrated that um, because he was a Tomcat pilot and knows a lot about aviation. He was uh, with uh, Allegiant Air, but that's the right aircraft. Now, if you look at – I've studied China recently quite a bit because I've also been online in the dating circle and talking to some Chinese girls, but if you also look at that that country – each city has millions, and not each city has an airline. Mm-hmm. So if you look at certain areas, you fly nonstop to the city like, like they were going to fly to Jinan, uh, uh, China. That is a good city. It's an it's a, it's a industrial city, and it has 20 uh, trains leaving every, like, every hour in the hour to um, Beijing. And it's a beautiful city to look at and has millions, and they do not have nonstop flights to the United States. And then there are yeah, many but, other yeah, cities that I to, cannot you, pronounce. You would have to battle the Chinese government, though, to get into those places, wouldn't you? I don't think so. I don't. Uh, China nowadays is much more democratic than they want to be. But, you know, once the people taste money, uh, as I try and explain to these people, I said, you know, the reason you're becoming more democratic is because of the United States. Because once they've gotten to taste what the, the, the benefits of money can bring, the young people, there's no going back. So the government can't even control them now. They're, they're very westernized and, and moving the whole government forward, and the government can want to hold them back. It's just not going to work. So I think that if there's a nonstop flight that's going to fly in and make the Chinese people much have it makes make it much more easier and accessible for them to get to Los Angeles and they like it well I I don't think you know the government's going to protest too much they're going to sit there go okay our people will be happy (laughs) you know and so whether it flies into Los Angeles or, or Mickey Mouse World in Orlando or whatever I think they they grant Eastern the rights Mm-hmm. And that uh, the sleeping giants, uh, I don't think they like them too much. But a little teeny airline, I don't think they'd mind. Well, well Mark, do you know anything about what Ed Weagle is going to do with Global X? No, uh, I don't. You know, he just yeah. he got the wrong wrong person to support Eastern Airlines, and I understand that. Uh, I mean, that was a hard one for him to swallow because I went out and interviewed for a job there and. Uh, he seemed to be the only one that knew what was going on there, and um, a great person. But well, uh, yeah, he's hard, he's, hard luck. he's he's kind of dry, but uh, yeah, once you get to know him, he's 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 a pretty nice guy. I had him at our mm-hmm. reunions down there twice, and he uh, mm-hmm. he's a unlike, very good promoter. Yeah, unlike the promoter right now with East, Eastern Version 3.0, we can't get him on the air. And uh, but Eastern it, doesn't it, know how to promote. Yeah, 
Ed was, uh, yeah, you're right. Ed is a good promoter. He was. So, I mean, they okay. could they could open up to they could open up to Panama tomorrow, and you wouldn't know. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. <clears throat> well, all right, guys. Uh, that's about uh, all the time we're going to spend today. And unless uh, someone has uh, anything to add to what Mark said or to what we've talked about, uh, the Kennedy assassination and these flight attendants being in the combat zone at 40,000 feet. No, I hate that. Yeah, that is a combat well, zone now. Go ahead, Jim. Well, I, I tell you, I just got a message on a death. I'll be putting out a death notice. Captain William H. Hahn, H-A-H-N. Did you know him? Yeah, I, think he's I knew based him. in Miami. Yeah. Bill Hahn. Yeah, Bill Hahn, yeah. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think I remember him up in New York when I did some TDY uh, in New York yeah. back in those days. Well, he was considerably behind us. He hired on, and I just looked him up. He hired on, I think, in 65 or 66. Yeah, yeah. So there's another guy gone. Do you have any idea how many – well, are they – how do I put this? I know you're not on the board of directors anymore, Jim, and uh, – And I think I, I feel the Reaper board you're talking about. Yeah, the Reaper board, and I feel I feel s- sorry that you're not sad that you're not because uh, I'm, not. I'm afraid I'm afraid that uh, Jim Frost. <laughs> I mean Jerry Frost is still on the board, isn't he? He is, and Bud Robbins too. Yeah, and they're the two that's keeping it going, as far as I'm concerned. If it's going, if it's going anywhere. Who knows? Yeah, there ain't been a hadn't been a newsletter put out since my last one. I looked at the mm. website and and it hasn't changed very much on the website. Oh, I'm still I'm I, I resigned everything, but somehow the resignation for the Reaper website didn't take. I'm still doing it. Of course, the pay is great. You know, that's, that's, uh, well, they want to keep milkshake the... every six months. In memoriam, you still have that on the yeah. website, don't you? Oh, yeah, I, I still got that. It's up to date. It's up to date. And I'm keeping a list of the deceased. You know, I always put that in the magazine and the website since the last one, the following members have died, you know. And, yeah. Uh, I'm keeping that in case anybody ever wants to put out a newsletter. All they got to do is copy and paste it. I'll send it to them. Well, here's something that just happened uh day before yesterday when I sent out notice of this radio show. I sent a, a a blast, and in that blast, I include Michael Zoll, Z-A-L-L, the last president of E-A-R-A, the Eastern mm-hmm. Airlines Retiree Association, that had the newspaper every two months, I think. And mm-hmm. Michael has always been a very great supporter of our radio show and sent me a lot of the coffee table books of Wings of Man, mm-hmm to be given away mm-hmm. at my discretion and either charged and helped with the defray cost of a radio show. But at any rate, mm-hmm. I've always included him and he's always responded the day before I got this notice yesterday, the day before he had sent me a video of Washington national 
and it brought back a lot of memories. So I posted it on the EARA uh, Facebook page. It's a video. And mm -hmm. uh, so I got that from Michael. And then the very next day, I get another one that says, when I tried to uh, e-blast this radio show, it says that uh, no longer could that email address be sent, request by the family. Have you heard anything about Michael and whether he had an illness or something? Because it sounded well, like he, to me he passed is away. On, he's on my he is on my list of my email. You know the ELM list. Yeah. He's on there, yeah. and he has been putting on on this Facebook on his yeah. Facebook, I believe it is. I see right. that he is reporting the deaths that he gets off of my list when I sent out a death notice. Oh, and I know okay. that he he sent one out here about, I saw somehow I saw it on Facebook uh, about a week ago that yep. he put yep. one of the deaths right. on there. Yeah, that's right. And so here I don't know, just nobody has told me anything about him, you know, being sick or, or dying or yeah. anything. Well, I know a couple of people down there, and I'll check. Uh, Mark, did you know Michael Zoll? Mm-mm. No. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I'll do some checking on that at any rate. Well, did you well, reply that, to the email from his family that asked that no, he not be sent email? No, I haven't. That, maybe that's a good idea. Why not? Just put down there, why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah. You say, uh, uh, mm -hmm. since you got the email, you know, uh, you telling me about it, he, yeah. It doesn't go to him by name. It goes to him by the EARA. But you remember recently when? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the organization. And he, and he told me he was getting the emails. He called in uh, one time on this show. And I said, well, you're not on my list. He said, well, I'll tell you, I'm getting them. <laughs> so I went in and checked. And, yeah, he's getting them because of the EARA. And uh, so yeah, I just left yeah. it alone. And he gets my notices, yes. Well, I know he had some illnesses, very serious illnesses that he told me about. And um, so, yeah. but yeah, I'm going to check Well, if you that. hear anything, let me know. I will. I will. He's a, he's a great guy. Super nice guy. Okay, guys. Thanks so much. I appreciate you being around for today. And uh, so we're going to Merle Haggard, as usual, sing us out of here. So same time, same station next week. You got it. See you, Romania. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Silver wings shining in the sun. Taking you away and leaving me lonely. Silver wings slowly fading out of sight. Don't leave me, I cry. Don't take that airplane ride. But you locked me out of your mind and left me standing here behind silver wings